right, so I am still driving back from seeing Danny, otherwise known as Mazda Goya. He's a barber here in Austin and a, and a very dear friend of mine. And in that last recording, I mentioned how it's really important to try to control how you quote-unquote water your garden, or rather it's important that with the energy that you do have access to throughout the day, that you try your best to put the, to direct that energy in a way that truly serves you. I wanted to follow up on that to talk a little bit about what do you do with other people's energy, because you can't quite control it, and there is outside influences in life and outside occurrences, and by outside I mean outside of your body, outside of yourself and your consciousness. There's things outside of you that invariably impact you, right? It enters your orbit, so to speak, and so you're, you have to deal with it, whether you want to or not. And here's one thing that I've learned and I've had to really come to terms with in life even though I didn't want to for a very long time, and it's this. You can't control other people or other things in your life, but you can control how you react to them, to other occurrences. Now, before we get any further, it's really important to say that what I just stated is really, really easy to say. You know, yeah, of course I can't control other people. I can only control my reactions. But damn, do you understand how hard it is not to flip out when someone, you know, is being dumb or or is being, you know, ridiculous in my life? Yeah, of course I don't want to get angry. But if I just, you know, found someone, you know, cheating on me, then of course I'm going to be super pissed. And so I just want to kind of pause there and share that I'm not suggesting that it's easy. I'm not suggesting that it's fair. I'm not suggesting that it's possible to do 100% of the time. All I am suggesting is that it is possible to do so, to control your reaction. And therefore, if it's possible and you can cultivate it in your life, then all of a sudden you have another tool in your toolbox to handle life and to work with life and to improve your life. You have another tool in your toolbox to live a better life. That's all I'm suggesting. By building that muscle and figuring out how you want to direct your energy and how you want to react to things. Now that we've got that out of the way, I think it might be worth spending a moment to talk about how do you build that muscle? How do you start to regain a little bit of control over how you react to things? Okay, if you've been prone to certain triggers throughout your life, how the heck do you begin the very long, often years-long process of chipping away at that trigger so that it doesn't ruin you the next time it comes up? So again, I want to be very clear, these things tend to be very long journeys, and often it's about figuring out ways to manage them versus erasing them. So to get into that, I find it very, very useful to talk a little bit about how the brain just works. Because I think once you understand a little bit about how the brain works, then you begin to better give yourself some permission for being human and understanding that often it's your brain against your consciousness or your, you know, your higher self or your angels, however you want to think about it. 
at play and then you can cut yourself some slack when you catch yourself in these moments. So you've probably heard of the phrase neurons that fire together wire together. And the sentiment is that the thoughts that often come in sequence or the things that your brain processes often in sequence, um, you know, one right after another, the more that that happens, the more that sequence becomes familiar and your brain being a pattern recognition hyper machine will start to recognize those patterns earlier and earlier, which then makes it easier for you to have those thoughts earlier and earlier and therefore more suddenly than before. And so something that might start as a long thought train over time, if you've ridden that train enough, stops being a train and starts being more of a teleportation. So you see the trigger or you receive the trigger or the action and you're already there uh, at the end of your reaction, even though years ago that might have been a very long path. And so you're familiar with the phrase, neurons that fire together, wire together. And in recent years, scientists have actually officially proven that. And as it was explained to me, and I don't know enough about this, but as it was explained to me, they call the term neuroplasticity. And basically, it's that neurons that talk to each other often, you know, the roads that they travel, so to speak, if you follow that metaphor, become wider and wider and stronger and stronger. And then the neurons that don't fire as often together, the brain quite literally weakens them and provides energy in other places. And so while there might still be a connection between those neurons, the connection becomes weaker and weaker over time. And so the connection exists, but not as strongly as other ones that you've been serving. I share that with the intention of leaving you with a bit of a thought, which is this isn't some woo-woo mental, you know, law of attraction, believe in yourself kind of thing. This is like just the way that the brain works, period. It's just the way that the brain works. Why it works that way, it's unclear and the jury is still out. It just does. And so again, this has nothing to do with your spirituality or anything like that. It just has to do with the mechanics of the body that you were born into for whatever reason. So the question you therefore have to ask yourself is, if there are certain roads in my neural network, so to speak, in my, in my neural pathways, in my neural map, there might be certain roads and heck even highways that have already been built either because I'm genetically predisposed to it or because I've spent so many years having the same thoughts and the same behaviors and interacting with the same people and allowing myself to react to them or they react to me in exactly the same way that my brain has gotten so many repetitions on this thing that there's a really, really strong connection between these neurons. And so I've gotten to a point where I don't even notice that my brain has already reached its destination and I've already flipped out on someone. You know, they thought that they were just saying something small and my brain has already overreacted to it. Or, you know, this event isn't even that serious and my life is not at all in danger. And yet, because I've had so many, you know, anxious moments in my past, you know, my body just responds and reacts and my brain responds and reacts 
with anxiety, even though logically and rationally, I know that, you know, there's nothing really to be that worried about. And I want to take a moment, actually, while we're here, just to mention that particularly for people who who manage anxiety and, and, and wrestle with anxiety and, and it's something that's a part of their life, this can be one of the most frustrating things because you might logically know that you've got nothing to worry about and yet your body and your brain are already flipping out and you're having a panic attack and you're having a hard time breathing and your heart is racing and maybe your palms are starting to get sweaty and it only leads to more anxiety because your intelligence knows that you shouldn't be feeling this way and it almost feels like your body is just completely betraying you. And that betrayal leaves you almost paralyzed in anger and in more anxiety. And I wanted to really highlight that because for folks that haven't been close to anxiety or have spent any time with it, it's so easy to say, oh, just don't think about it. Oh, just change your mood. Oh, just snap out of it. And it's worth acknowledging and knowing that often the person does want to snap out of it. And if it were that easy, then they absolutely would. But their brain, which is heavily influencing their body, is 30 steps ahead of them and moving and influencing their body so much faster than their consciousness or their thoughts or their, or their higher intelligence, so to speak, could possibly do. And so it's infuriating. And I just wanted to spend a moment to highlight that because it's really, really not easy. And if it were, then no one would ever wrestle with anxiety or depression for that matter in a lot of ways. But I'll get back to the core principle, which is that it's not truly your fault today that you've gotten so many repetitions in in the past. And again, that might be because you've allowed yourself to have certain thoughts and certain thought trains almost effortlessly without really paying attention to it. You know, what might have just started as some very basic complaining now has suddenly evolved without you really realizing and has really snowballed into complaining sessions every single day at lunch with your coworkers or at dinner with your partners or your friends. Um, you know, what might have started as a really late day after a long night out and might have started as a really rough morning, you know, you do that enough and slowly your body just starts to get used to that feeling. And next thing you know, you're waking up in a bad mood, even though you had no intention of ever designing that into your life. It's just the fact that neurons that wire together fire together. And I read this thing a few years ago that said how every time a neuron fires, it sends information to a thousand neurons around it. And I don't know if that's officially true. I haven't looked into it myself, but a thousand sure as heck sounds like a lot of places to send information to. Imagine every time you spoke up, a thousand people next to you heard what you had to say. And then they have to, then each of them have to go tell a thousand other people uh, a little bit of the information that they could remember that you just told them. And maybe the information gets shorter and shorter every single time. But just think about that multiplication effect of how the thoughts really ripple through your brain and the information that your brain processes ripples through those neurons. And so what I wanted to really get across, and I hope I have in a roundabout way in this episode, and is it's really important to be vigilant about the thoughts that you allow yourself to have 
and what might start off as harmless could evolve to things that are quite harmful, either for others in your life or for yourself. And so you want to be very, very vigilant on what might be harmless, but what might be thoughts that you know you don't really want around on a very regular basis. Because without you knowing, they might become regular and insert themselves. The second piece to that that I wanted to share was really now that you understand that your brain is a supercomputer that processes information much faster than your conscious awareness really can, then you need to give yourself some permission for your brain having gotten to a conclusion long before you wanted your brain to do so. And you can't allow yourself to get angry at the fact that you got there because in a lot of ways, you weren't really in control of your brain going there. Your brain was just following those neural pathways. It was just following the path of least resistance in your brain's connections. And it got you to that conclusion. So you can't change that. So you need to give yourself some permission to be human. But now that you know that, you can use both of those facts in combination to serve you, which is give yourself permission for the past, which you're never getting back, and for the patterns that have already been created in your brain because they're already there and you can't change that. Give yourself permission for that to be true. Don't allow yourself to be angry about that. And now that you've given yourself permission to be present, to deal with today rather than yesterday, which is never coming back, and you're dealing with today, then choose today to be the day that you slowly start to give energy to other types of thoughts in your life. That you slowly start to give energy to kind thoughts about someone who maybe has been getting on your nerves for years. Maybe today is the day that you start holding yourself as someone that's worth a life and worth happiness and someone who is as deserving of joy as the joyful people that they encounter. Maybe today is the day that you allow yourself to sit with one of those pleasant thoughts, even if just for a few seconds. And maybe tomorrow you do that again, or maybe the day after tomorrow you find the courage to do that, to do that again. And maybe, just maybe, a year from now, two years from now, five years from now, you have built up the neural pathways and the roads to joy and calm and comfort and relaxation and peace within you. You have fed that and built those roads so much, slowly, but so much over so much time that now your brain starts to consider that path an alternate route. And you might surprise yourself that before you assume the worst about yourself or get to a terrible conclusion or react in a terrible way that doesn't serve you, maybe once or twice your brain instead goes the opposite path and you react with kindness you react with generosity you react without flipping out and that will be the day that you realize 
just how much freaking power lies within you once you know how to manage the rules and play by the rules that is this physical environment and the way your brain works and chemistry and the neurons within you, how it all comes together. And that allows you to live a life that some may say is godlike, or some may say is living from a state of creation rather than a place of victimization. I hope that was interesting. It's something that clearly I'm quite passionate about and something that has tremendously powered my life day in and day out and allowed me to change certain things about myself that I knew weren't serving me and introduce things into my life over the course of years that serve me a little bit better as it relates to my own mental health and as it relates to my ability to be kind to those around me and spread some happiness into this world. So thank you as always for listening. Thank you as always for giving me the time out of your day to hear some of my thoughts. And as always, my mission in life is to be the candle, that slow burning candle that lights people's inner fuel on fire. And so I hope that I've been able to give you something to think about. I hope I've perhaps challenged you to service you for your own sake a little bit today. And as always, I thank you for listening. If you have any feedback or comments or thoughts, I'd love to hear from you. I am at therubenm at gmail.com. And I'm also at therubenm on most of the social platforms. So thank you as always. I hope you have an incredible day ahead of you or night or week or whatever is in front of you. And until next time, cheers.